0: Hello, funky listeners, and hello. Today, we're going to bring you micro things, micro mm-hmm. penises. No, uh, stop. There was there was actually a documentary I watched on Netflix about that. It was disturbing. I felt mm. bad for the micro penis people. Uh, <laughs> You're just like I'm going to have to cut I, this I, out. I just I? I don't know how to I don't know how to respond <laughs> to that.
1: Um, that's not how I was expecting to start the episode. Um, hello, welcome to Funk Radio, where we're not talking about that. Uh, that's that's your host Kyle, and this is Peter. So, Kyle, a couple episodes ago, we did kind of just like an offhand topic uh, about miniature cassette tapes. It was, you know, it wasn't a super in-depth uh, topic by any means. It was basically just like, hey, these smaller tapes existed, even though they weren't really that well known. And we went through the list, and really one of the types. The micro cassette was really the only one where there was any evidence that I've seen that people have ever tried to use it for music. But really, from what I can find, even doing more research into it, it's always been like people use it like kind of the underground music scene, experimental music, you know. Um, And we'll get into the reason why for that. But after that conversation, actually in that episode, I did say something about like I would want to actually try some of these out. And spoiler alert, um, I I went ahead and actually moved forward with that a little bit. Um, so that's what this episode is going to be about. Basically, I did, I, over the last week or so, I've been doing a lot of uh, experiments with microcassettes and music and just seeing what it sounds like. And uh, it's been really fun. So hopefully it'll be interesting to hear some of the findings and also some uh, clips as well. So, yeah. Nice. Actually, I guess a... Reminder or a very short explanation for those who did not listen to the last episode or who did and forgot. Micro cassettes are about half the size of regular uh, cassette tapes. They were never meant for music. They were really made for like dictation devices or um, answering machines. So the whole idea of these tapes is that they were never meant for music, which is exactly what was pulling me in to do this. Because I wanted to see why, you know, see what they sound like. And and just try music on something that really was not meant for that purpose. And I think that has really been kind of irresistible to me (laughs) throughout this whole thing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I went to eBay, um, looked up micro cassette recorders, which they don't, to my knowledge, they don't make anymore. I think they probably stopped making them in the early 90s or so, to the best of my knowledge. Um, Eventually, I did find one Um, in actually really good shape. And it came with the original box and the, uh, you know, owner's manual and everything. So actually, that was kind of fun to page through. But it was a uh, a realistic brand Micro Twelve. Uh, I guess this was their realistic was that was like the in-house brand of Radio Shack back in the day. Oh. So they, you know, they had a whole broad range of electronics under this realistic brand, under the micro cassette recorder, you know, range of products. Um, they had several. Um, so mine, I said, was the Micro Twelve, which was on the lower end of their series. They had the Micro Eighteen, the Twenty Seven. They were all very similar. They just had slightly different capabilities. So the one I got, it was produced uh, from 1986 to 1991.
0: Hey, that's around the time you were born.
1: I know. Roughly. So this thing is potentially slightly older than me, or if not, about the same age. In the years that this thing was produced, it sold for 39.95. Adjusted for today's inflation, that's around $80. Jeez. Uh, I did not pay $80 for mine. I paid $20 for it being more or less in new condition. I mean, I can't really, I couldn't really ask for this to be in any better condition. So I'm really happy about that. The cassettes themselves come in multiple durations. Um, The ones I bought were MC 90s, which means it's 90 minutes, 45 minutes on each side. Back in the day, those sold for about $6.95 a piece. Jeez. Um, which in today's dollars is $13 a tape, which is kind of a lot. Yeah, um, that's like a CD. The best I could find, which is what I paid, um, for tapes in new condition were, are about $3 a tape.
0: That's much better.
1: So yeah, that's kind of the equipment that I've been working with. So to get into the specs of the audio itself, you know, when we're talking about like, setting it up for using it for music, um, to begin, microcassettes are only in monos and not in stereo. So that right there is a limitation. We actually did an episode not too long ago, earlier last year about stereo versus mono. And I think the conclusion that we came to was really, you know, your mileage may vary depending on your expectations and the song itself. Mm. But I, I I don't remember coming out of that conversation really feeling like, yeah, stereo is so much better. It is better and it does sound better, but not by like a huge margin.
0: Yeah, so I don't. I don't
1: think the tapes being mono itself is really too much of a problem.
0: Yeah, stereo was only better for creating like difference in sound from left and right channels, but yeah, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. So another aspect of these micro cassettes is that standardized. You know, regardless of the device you're using, they're made to operate at two different speeds depending on what you want to use them for: two point four centimeters a second or one point two centimeters a second. 2.4, 2.4, this which is kind of the standard speed, if you will, offers better quality of the two options. So like when you see like a, a micro or a MC90 tape, for example, with 90 minutes, that's assuming you're at this speed. So you can actually double the length of that tape essentially to 180 minutes if you really want to by using the slower speed. Mm-hmm. The caveat you run into with that is that the quality is much worse. Mm-hmm. Um which, you know, if all you're doing is just recording audio notes for yourself, you know, as long as you can tell what you're saying, the quality doesn't really matter that much. So mm-hmm. you that was essentially a way to double the capacity of the tapes you were using, which is pretty cool. Really, I don't think that was a thing with ca- uh, regular cassettes, having those variable speeds.
0: Oh, yeah, that's probably true.
1: So um, I think that is one aspect that kind of plays to the specificity of these types and the, what they were made for. So I think the speed of the tape is actually a really big driver in terms of the quality you get with audio. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't remember on the top of my head, but I believe I read that regular cassettes run at like four point seven centimeters a second or something like that. Oh wow! Um, so that's like two, three, four times the speed of micro cassettes, which explains why compact cassettes were, you know, largely appropriate for music, and these are not.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense that because those other ones could run at a higher tape speed, they have a lot better quality.
1: Mm -hmm. One last thing about the specs. Um, We had talked... I don't remember what exactly the topic was, Kyle, but you and I had talked in some prior episode in the last year or so about um, the frequency that humans can hear.
0: Yeah, generally people can't hear anything higher than... 20,000 Hertz or 20 kilohertz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can't hear anything lower than 20 Hertz, uh, which is like super duper bass.
1: Yeah. Generally speaking, 20 kilohertz is really the kind of the high, high end of what humans can hear. And so I found through my own looking and analyzing music files and the stuff that really even, you know, even MP3s at standard quality, Um, you know, people say, oh, you know, they're shit quality, whatever. And, you know, that might be (laughs) true in some circumstances, but really even those operate typically between 15 to 15 to 20 kilohertz. So really in terms of that aspect, you can't really get any better. Obviously there's a lot of other factors to, you know, talk about there. We weren't really get into MP3 here. Um, but, um, so regular, you know, CD quality, um, MP3s, most stuff is 15 to 20 kilohertz. By comparison, micro cassettes can only peak at around five kilohertz. Um, oh, wow. you know, I read that they hit about five kilohertz on the faster speed that I said it's even lower on those, on the other speed. Um, in my tests, I could tell, you know, diff- with different recordings, I got between three and eight kilohertz, which kind of checks out. So I would say on average, it's about a quarter of the quality that it could be. <laughs> um, so that, that is not necessarily, um, too promising. So I've tried probably a good roughly 30 or so songs over the last week. Jesus.
0: Like whole songs or just clips?
1: Mostly whole songs. Um, and just, you know, seeing what they sound like, just out of curiosity. Trying to pull from different time periods, different genres. And Kitty's going w- wacky in the background. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I picked four here. I think overall there's no real specific like oh we have to listen to these songs for this reason it's just like these were fun ones and i think they give a good idea of what music sounds like on these tapes mm-hmm. now that we've kind of gone over all of kind of like the limitations from a technical perspective so uh the first one we're going to listen to is a clip of space jam by the quad city djs because space jam <laughs> i don't really need a explanation for that so why don't we go ahead and listen to a clip of that Everybody get-
0: You know what it sounds like? Remember, and I think we actually talked about this on a prior episode, Mm -hmm. remember when uh, cell phone ringtones were a thing that you could like buy? Oh yeah. It sounds like that, like because like older cell phones before the iPhone and stuff had really shitty speakers, Mm -hmm. so when you would have a ringtone that was like a song. It would always be some like crap compressed version Mm -hmm. that would play through the phone speakers. And this kind of reminds me of that.
1: Yeah. Um, you really, you know, I was talking about, Oh, the frequency is limited and whatever, but really what you're losing, I think. And all of this is you're losing all of the bass. Mm -hmm. in some songs. You get a little bit more character to it because I like you can on audio editing software. I mean, you can throw a filter on and it sounds similar to that. But depending on the song, it adds more tape-specific artifacts to it that sound like you like you couldn't necessarily replicate that mm-hmm. uh, with digital filters or anything like that. So um, we might, I think, we might actually see that more with some of these other ones. The next one we're gonna listen to is "Up on the Roof" by the Drifters. Um, I don't remember exactly what year this is. Uh, something around, yeah, '62. So that that's a roughly what I was thinking. Uh, a little bit of an older song, older style. I figured, you know get a kind of a range of, of time so let me listen to this one let me tell you now when i come home feeling tired and
0: i go up where the air is fresh and sweet
1: i get away from the hustling crowd and all that
0: yeah this one's interesting like listening to it again it's sort mm-hmm. of I know what you mean when you say like that like tape specific artifact it has like this weird warbly whine in the background.
1: Yeah, and that's actually something that I had cuz I really didn't do a lot of research in this before I did it because I wanted to come into it fresh and like explore things on my own. And but something I did read before doing this and during was that there is like a specific kind of warbliness you get from micro cassettes. Hmm. Um and that this song is an example where you can hear it a bit more.
0: It's funny because it sounds like the uh, it sounds like show tune music from like the nineteen twenties where that it kinda of had that like crappy mm. sound quality to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And um, the another actually another reason I did this song too was because I was curious if is the quality of micro cassettes not as noticeable with older songs because they weren't produced to the same standards as they are today. I got really a mixed bag with that depending on the song. I don't think time really plays into it much. I mean, there were modern songs that I tried that sounds like absolute shit on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it really comes, I think it comes down to just how the song is produced and what it sounds like and the types of range of frequency and all this other stuff going on, more so than, oh, an old song sounds good and a new song sounds bad. Like it, there was, a, it was a range of things. So the next clip we're going to listen to is the song Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Um, I found myself really enjoying, I think more than any other type of songs, just stuff from the 80s was really the most enjoyable to, to, to try out with this format because that's kind of when microcassettes were at their peak of popularity.
0: Uh, it's definitely the most clear sounding of the ones I've heard yeah. so far. It's, it doesn't sound as muddled as the rest of them. Uh-huh. I'm curious if that's because it's 80s and these are made in the 80s, but that, that also doesn't make any sense because the, the sound of the cassettes are compressed. I don't know. D- yeah, did, did you know find, either. did you find in general that rock music sounded better or was it just 80s music specifically?
1: Like I said, I don't think any particular time period really sounded better than any other. I got the most like personal enjoyment out of stuff from the 80s. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a good answer to that. Hmm.
0: But yeah, so far this is definitely the clearest of the three that I've heard.
1: Yeah. So the last clip for now, I'll play a couple of others later in, with different contexts. But for now, the last clip we'll play is um, the next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg because I can because you forgot about dre didn't you no I just really wanted to try this song on a
0: swing now this one's interesting because I know this song has a lot of bass in it Mm-hmm. And it's just not here at all. <laughs>
1: no, it's gone. <laughs> and really the, the higher uh, higher pit whatever, you know, the the backbeat that's going on, it sound, it, you get a lot of warble with that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm curious, did you try any instrumental songs without vocals, like jazz or classical um, or whatever?
1: I did not, I don't think. But, you know, I I do intend to keep playing with this with other stuff mm-hmm. and just see yeah, what I can yeah. come up with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the clips that we just listened to give a good cross section of, you know, what you get with micro cassettes. And if you, you know, if you're, I mean, I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm going to make entire mixtapes and listen to this all day long in this quality. <laughs> it is really fun to listen to certain songs this way, but it's not like, oh, I'm done with MP3s now I'm going completely on micro cassette or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this has proved that I'm a hipster, but I'm not quite that hipster.
0: You're approach- I was gonna say you're approach- you're approaching pretty hipster with this. Now you need to figure uh, yeah. out a way to put a bird on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so to get a a little bit back into the um, the technology side of you know how I got these songs and how you're listening to them from the tape, um, really it's pretty straightforward. The way I have it set up, um, basically I have two. Double-ended aux cables with the 3.5-millimeter jack, you know, the same as, like, headphones. I have them plugged into the line-in and line-out ports on my computer. And then the recorder itself has a mic jack and a uh, earphone jack, which basically are standards for line-in and line-out. So Mm -hmm. if you hook it all up correctly, you can record to the tape and from the tape um, between that and the PC. And I, I actually, when I was looking for recorders, I knew that's how I wanted to do it, and a lot of them were not sold with a mic port, depending on the model. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to make sure that the one I got had that. When I was very first starting to do this, and uh, my very first tests, I was getting a lot of distortion. It was like so; it was coming through from the PC to the recorder so loud that it was becoming distorted. Hmm. I, even when I went down to one percent volume on my PC to kind of you know try to manage the volume of stuff coming through, it was still coming through that way. And I was like, "There's got to be a you know a way to fix this," but I wasn't really sure what was going on. So before I get into the you know why, the why of it, I'm gonna play a clip. This is one of the very first recordings I did. This is the song "Right in the Socket" by Shalimar from 1974 or something like that. Um, But you can hear pretty clearly, like, it's still micro cassette, it still sounds like shit compared to modern music, but you can tell there's more, uh, it's it's kind of blown out, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's listen to that clip.
0: Yeah, it's definitely way more like distorted.
1: Yeah, and that's really the best I could get it to sound (laughs) in those early tests. And like I said, that was probably only at like 1% volume coming from the PC. And, you know, it only sounded worse from there. So I was like, this has got to, there's got to be a different way to do this, you know, where I have a little bit more control with volume. Mm -hmm. I learned that, Basically, the the plugs on my computer, and really with many other audio devices out there, the line out and the line in ports is a different um, is a different voltage from what you would have in a typical mic port. Mm-hmm. So, because you're sending a much louder, larger signal from the line out to the mic in it's 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 expecting a much smaller signal because it's a mic. So like when you're talking into a mic, it's a lot less audio information than like streaming a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that reason, it just couldn't handle it. And that's why it sounds distorted. It's because it doesn't know what to do with a signal of that voltage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the simple explanation anyway. So what I ended up figuring out and I looked at a few different ways i have have to solve this. Basically, what I ended up buying was a, a very short cable. It's only like, I don't even know if it's a foot long. Basically, it it converts down the voltage from the line out to the mic in so that it's a bit more palatable for the recorder itself. Mm. And this is called audio attenuation, which is the opposite of um, amplification. So it's basically the, because it's like an amplifier, you use it to increase the signal. And that's a much more common thing in music attenuation is actually it's the opposite but it's also a lot less common so there's really not a lot out there to help you do that at least cheaply and easily Mm -hmm. Um, luckily the cable i found wasn't too expensive and it was really the kind of the only one out there that does this that i could find in that price range anyway so yeah when i I had to so i had to wait a couple extra days for that to arrive but then once i got that i found it was a lot more appropriate and you and that distortion went away pretty much immediately Um, We're going to listen to the same clip of music again, but then after that um, audio attenuator cable is involved. Another problem I found with certain songs, not all songs, but some songs, is that because, um, you know, we, we've been talking about the quality and kind of like the trade-offs you make. We've been talking about like you miss bass, for example, mm-hmm. and certain frequencies of music. And some cases of some songs, I found that like there's parts of the song that are almost inaudible completely, which is really bizarre. That is weird. One in particular that really, this is the song that I ended up using to that made me discover this, but then it also helped fix it. Uh, so we're gonna play a clip from Brock Bear again. The same, the song "Taming Tigers." For context, we're first gonna listen to the regular song as it is normally, like you know, MP three. So let's listen to a clip of that really quick. Okay, so that's the that's the song originally. Uh, now I'm gonna play a cassette or a micro-cassette clip of the same part of the song, and you can hear the difference pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. It's... (laughs) It's almost like the bass is gone, but there's like other stuff gone too. But I don't know if that's if it's gone because it's low frequency or not.
1: Yeah, so that was my whole because th- like really so really the thing I noticed pretty immediately that was missing there is like the the piano loop, whatever you want to call it, that's used in that song. It's it's like a, one of the more prominent musical elements of that song, and it's almost like completely gone when converting to this format. And I was like, what mm-hmm. the heck is going on? Because you know. Is it at such a frequency that it's just not coming through? But I was like, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then I realized, oh, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Maybe not an idiot, but I I just didn't understand what was happening. Is that that part of the song is almost entirely coming through on the right channel when it's stereo. And this, I didn't realize, is only coming through to the tape from the left channel.
0: Oh, that, yep, that makes sense, because it's yeah. mono.
1: Right, I just, I I thought it was just funneling all the, all the music into one mono track. I didn't realize it was literally just pulling one side of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't actually even remember how, how I ended up figuring that out. But that was like an oh-duh moment that I, I just didn't realize that before. So... If you are playing with micro cassettes and you really want to capture both sides, you actually have to pre-mix it to mono first and then record it to the tape. Mm. So I ended up doing that just just to see what it sounded like, and so we're going to play a clip of that after. So mixing the song to mono on the PC and then putting that into the tape. And this is what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I, Like you said, I would have just assumed it would have just, I don't know, taken both sides and compressed them to mono. Yeah. But no.
1: Yeah. There's just things, things like that, that I've kind of been learning over time of playing with this more and just ex- experimenting with different songs. Because really in a lot of songs, and we talked about this in the mono versus stereo episode, don't really use stereo like left and right channels that dramatically. Mm-hmm. So really, for the most part, I mean, that's why it took me almost a week to realize that was a thing, is because most songs, what's coming through in the left and the right is not the same, but it's very similar so that, you know, it's not really noticeable. And so I think this is also why, and I said said earlier, some new songs really don't sound great, good at all. Mm-hmm. I think this might be contributing to that. And so there's actually some newer stuff I do want to go back and try using this method
0: yeah, to see yeah.
1: if... Um, mixing them to mono first will actually help
0: yeah because I didn't even think about that yeah a lot of newer songs make use of that sort of left and right channel uh, distinguishing Um, and yeah if it's only going to play the left channel for some songs or audio or whatever I mean the the vocals are only on one channel Mm -hmm. Yeah. so you might lose vocals if you try to do it
1: yeah so uh, that was an unexpected thing Luckily it's not an issue with most songs um and and yeah there is a fairly easy solution if I need to put a song mm-hmm. on micro cassette that way okay so the final thing we're gonna talk about um you you and I in that cassettes episode recently were talking about like what does talking actually I think you and I even talked offline about it like after that episode of just what does what does regular talking sound like on these tapes because that's really what they were meant for mm-hmm. and I was curious. How good is the quality with that? Because that's, you know, just regular speech is a much less demanding thing. Mm -hmm. So I actually took a clip of us talking from that uh, cassettes episode. I'm going to play it now.
0: So were these similarly meant to be just used in answering machines, but ones that were smaller?
1: I I think for the most part, all of these small cassette formats are all meant for that. Mm-hmm. With micro cassette really being the only one that I've seen any evidence of that people use it for music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That being said, part there's a weird part of me that wants to go out and like invest a little bit money in, you know, a way to record on all these different formats and do like a comparison side by side. That would be kind of amazing, but yeah. I don't want you to like spend a bunch of money doing and that. And I, I know, like it. I would only do that if it was not a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Um,
0: I think I sound better than I normally do. <laughs> um,
1: it sounds, it doesn't sound as good as I was expecting. Um, you still get, it still sounds like it's on a tape.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So anyway, um, I realized this was a lot of talking and for those who listened and were bored as shit, I apologize. <laughs> this has been a really fun experiment though. And I, I remember before I had moved forward with it, I was telling you like, I don't know if I want to spend a little bit of money doing this, but actually, you know, it was totally worth it and I've had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm there's something nice about going beyond just like the written research that we always do and actually like doing our own tests with hardware and stuff. I think that's pretty fun. And -hmm. I wish it's something we could do more often. Um, But you know, that only be, that only only is uh, so uh, financially possible. So true. Play it on a pop tart. (laughs) Will it play on a pop tart?
0: <laughs> that could be the whole series,
1: just will it instead of will it blend, will it play? Will it play? There you go. Well, until that happens, listeners, um, we only have this episode. Actually, we have a lot more episodes on getyourfunk.com. So if you want to listen to something different, go there. <laughs> if you wanna if you don't wanna to go to our website and you wanna to talk to us about stuff, do it at facebook.com slash get thanks for listening and next time we'll talk about something different yay bye bye